welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. Father, we say to whom we sit on the throne, Jesus, the Lamb of God, be blessings and glory and honor and power forever, forever and forever, forever. the one who sits on the throne who is able to open the seals and we say you take all the glory all the honor and all the praise may you be revealed here today Jesus may come to know you more and more may we come to a place in you where all our lives revolves around you the revelation knowledge of you like we have never seen before may there be depth and understanding of you like we have never seen before may we come to a place in you where as we behold you Lord we say blessings and glory and honor be unto you forever and ever forever and ever beyond the limitations of our senses may we come to see you so that we can say blessings and glory and honor and power be ascribed to you forever and ever forever and ever Sweet Holy Spirit, breathe upon us this morning. Let life flow into us. Let our ears hear. Let our eyes be open to see. Let our heart perceive. And above all, let us see Jesus. Let us see Jesus. your right hand with me. Say, I believe. Say it with all boldness. I believe God's word. Whatever he says I am, that's who I am. Whatever he says, I believe. I'm what it says I am. I can do whatever he says I can do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name. Welcome someone to church and you may have your seat in God's presence. Revelations chapter 5. 
and verse 13. Revelations 5 and 13. I'm reading the English Standard Version. She says, And I heard every creature in heaven. Revelations 5 and 13. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever forever and ever forever and ever Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world everything about the Bible from Genesis down to Revelation talks about Jesus every chapter there are so many things that the Bible referred to white horse, black horse pale green, red red horse and things like that they have their meanings and then I was tempted to teaching theology not to see Jesus and then you are concerned about the events but you are not seeing Jesus is a wrong approach and a wrong perception to understand in the book of Revelation so I find that a lot of people um, like to talk about the theology oh the seven seals they mean this they mean that they mean that I can give you all that I have them right here on my note but it's not going to help you if you can't find Jesus. So this is what I did. The book of Revelation talks about three things. One, it talks about the person of Jesus. It talks about the plan of Jesus. And then it talks about the power of Jesus. So when you read all the things that are happening you need to see the person of Jesus you need to see his plan and then you need to see his power his person his plan and his power so what's the person of Jesus I described I talked about that in one of the teachings before simply put he's glorified We've seen him in the human form. We've read about him. But the glory we've not seen. So the book of Revelation revealed to us that glory of Jesus. His throne, his crown, his power, his majesty. And then his plan. What does he really want to do? What does he really want to do? The Bible talked about a new heaven, a new earth. Is it really necessary? Why, why do we want that? Is it necessary? And then of course, it talks about his power. His power. So from chapter 6, 
to 19 talked about a period of tribulation there are many school of thoughts that believe that somehow we are we are inside some of these things let me explain that somehow you and I are inside the book of Revelation somehow and some of these things are happening while a lot of them are symbolic what you need to realize is that if I then I please come if I say to him please stand here look at his shoes the nice shoes right they cost maybe like five hundred or one thousand dollars. Right. So I say to him, I said, I say to him, um, these shoes are nice. I've never seen them before. All right, I've never seen this type before. And I'm saying to him, oh, the shoes are nice. I've never seen them before. And then he says to me, um, the manufacturer just made one, and I have it. It means that. Is customized for him and I cannot find it anywhere else right good the moment I have that understanding it means that the customization has no reference it's unlike a white shirt that is common or a black shirt that is common with the same pattern and all that but this is customized i can't find it anywhere else right okay so just just hold on a bit so chapter 16 to 19 talks about the tribulation talks about some things that would happen seven years and all that first three and a half years second three and a half years and things like that all right so all through that all through that um, those chapters there was no mention of the church so we have an understanding that the rapture had taken place are you following me because the church was not mentioned we believe that before this would happen the rapture would have taken place okay now this is Daniel Ike's shoes which we've not seen before we had no reference right. until I brought your attention to these shoes until I brought your attention to these shoes were you thinking about this kind of shoes if you were to go to buy a shoe would you think about this kind of shoes why because you haven't seen it somewhere before when the things described in the book of revelation will happen and come to pass there will be a preparation and a precedence set for those things to manifest and those things will become normal before 
they look awkward. What I mean is that you will not wake up one day and then you will see uh, the beast come up and say, I am the beast. It's symbolic. So when you're reading the book of Revelation, understand that for some of the events to happen, you will come to a closeness where you can relate. Though you've not seen it before, but you will have a semblance. I'm trying as much as possible not to get into theology. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break it down. When you read things like they will not be allowed to buy and sell. Some of you be like, ah, how is that possible? We would not, how is that possible? How is that possible? But can you relate now if you want to travel and they ask for your COVID-19 vaccine? Is what? Normal. Are you understanding me? If it was three years ago and they asked for your COVID-19 vaccination um, um, certificate or whatever it is, you'd be like, no, 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 no. I can context it. Why should you ask for that? It's not, it's not um, generally accepted, right? And then you find your way and you travel because you can't relate. But situations have made it normal. Are you understanding me? So the events in the book of Revelation will come to a place where they are normal and accepted. And then when it becomes normal and accepted, you no longer see it as uncommon. So what you did not know before because you've seen a type of it and it's now everybody now has access to it when they begin to happen it is no longer customized it's no longer something that it's uh, it's unbelievable you can now relate that's why it's easy to doubt if these things are true that's why it's easy to doubt if these things are true because they are no longer like a mystery it has now become clear oh everybody can see it oh it's nothing it's nothing it's nothing just take the mark just take the mark just take the mark a lot of people have described that oh the mark of the beast six 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 ah, right now if someone comes to you and says i want to put a mark on your forehead what will you say no right you can't relate but let's assume before the mark comes we an invention comes up such that okay right now you have your you have your atm card or your debit card or something and then um we introduce um cashless society and you can go about and just you know buy things without cash all right before the atm came out and somebody walked up to you and said do you know you can cash money from the bank anytime any day you say ah is a lie I said it before ATM machines came out someone told me they said there's this new technology that you can get money out of the bank anytime I said it's impossible I 
could not relate because it, you have to queue you have to go to the bank and take what your tally number and then queue and get your money out and then someone said no you will just i said how is the person inside the machine because i've not seen anything like it before so technology has to bring me closer to something that i can relate so when you read thank you sir when you read the book of revelation you'll see a lot of mysteries a lot of things that doesn't look like it can relate but what's happening is that for these things to begin to come to pass technology and innovation will bring you to a place where you can relate so when they are happening before your very eyes you will not see it strange right now if i tell you about this the beast and tell you about this you'll be like how can how can if i tell you that hey the sun will be darkened and the moon will turn to blood and i say how can how can but gradually as we evolve as things happen on earth you begin to see things that can draw you closer to the reality of the operations of these things then you can relate and then you count it as normal so chapter 6 to 19 talks about tribulation it talks about a seven year period after the church has been raptured and taken to heaven talks about another opportunity given to those that will be left behind to accept Jesus Christ then during this period the church will be gone it will be more difficult to accept Christ talks about the great tribulation during the last three and a half years talks about the battle of Armageddon where Satan will be utterly defeated and bound for a thousand years for a thousand years so the events of this period helps us to clearly understand the book of Revelation and to do that one must understand that the things represent or stand for they do not exactly appear the way they are presented they have literal presentations so number one a seven-year period of tribulation we see two things the first three and a half years the Bible describes the beginning of sorrows and the second three and a half years the Bible describes as the great tribulation so when you read and you see something like the beginning of sorrows and then you see the great tribulation somehow it scares you to think that oh I shouldn't be found in that place yes of course you shouldn't be found in that place but think of some of the things that you can relate with now because at that time the Bible is describing it as the beginning of sorrows but in that period it will become a normal thing they won't see it as oh this is the beginning of sorrows no everybody will be living their lives but in that period that's what will happen that's what will happen so there's a seven year period after the church has been raptured talking about that one of the things that scares a lot of people 
is whether or not they will make heaven. If you've ever thought about that before, lift your hand. I'll say that again. If you've ever thought about it, that ah, will I make heaven? Will I not make heaven? Lift your hand. Let me see your hand. Ah, some of you are people. You've never thought about it. You are sure. You sure me. You sure me. Okay. It's okay for you to think like that. But God doesn't want us to be in a position where we're scared of making heaven or not. He doesn't. I tell people that and it's scriptural. The only reason someone is going to miss heaven is not because you did anything wrong or you did some things right. It's because you did not accept Jesus. the only reason so if you've accepted Jesus that's your ticket that's your ticket so someone said to me but what if at the time Jesus is about to come <laughs> watch this Jesus is about to come give me the next five minutes Jesus is about to come and then three minutes before just walking. Pastor, you will please come, sir. So, this is three minutes to come. Here, I'm coming from church, two minutes. When I get close to him, I need someone to count from five, four, three, two. Alright? Are you ready? So, I'm coming to church. Jesus, I thank you. You do well, I thank you. I want you to just bump into me. Ah, what's wrong with you? Ow! And then, trumpet sound. understand the scenario I'm coming from church Jesus I thank you in my mind I'm going to heaven all the way to Calvary he went for me he went for me three two one and then he just bumped I said what's your problem Pound. and then trumpet just sound Pound. many of you believe that you are going straight to hell am I correct first class ticket to heaven sure right thank you sir but that's not entirely true alright that's not entirely true let me explain to you why it's not entirely true I'm not saying you should go around and start slapping people that I'm going to heaven you take it home take it, I'm still going to heaven. no 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 as a believer you wouldn't even do that because when you when you get saved man is body soul and spirit when you get saved it's your spirit that gets saved your spirit is a hundred percent in tune with his spirit but your mind your mind is not saved so you have believers who have twisted mindset but they are believers they've given their heart to him their spirit is with him but their mind is twisted he's in the process of working on their mind that's why the Bible says in Romans 12, it says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So your mind becomes renewed. How is your mind renewed? Through the word of God. You're feeding yourself with God's word every day. And then you're changing from the inside 
out i don't care if you have no earrings you have your toban your 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 clothes is from head to toe covered if you are not saved you are not saved and then your makeup may look like bob risky's own but when you are saved you are saved i'm not saying you turn to bob risky so that happens to your mind it begins to change and it's allowed in the process in jesus comes and he meets you arguing and disturbing the peace of the nation because of your unrenewed mind you will go to heaven your mind needs to be renewed then your body is the last part the thing about the body is that even the scripture says he said the last enemy that will be defeated is what death death happens to the body because at that point your your spirit has been saved your mind is been renewed then your body which is decaying he will now give a glorious body that's the last exchange that will happen the first exchange that happened happened at the cross of calvary which is your spirit being saved the other exchange that that is happening is what we're experiencing now that's your mind being renewed so you come to a church service you hear god's word your mind is being changed you have been renewed from the inside out not the outside in you cannot wear born again what Jesus said he didn't say do born again he said be born again you don't do it you be it before you do it you be it it's a being it's a state you attain so you don't do it you don't I don't know you are born again because you carry a Bible no I don't even know you are born again because you're preaching to me no I see it in you life in you i see jesus in you if you have received him you will reflect him to the world it may affect your behavior it's okay but we're not teaching behavioral modification no that's not what we're teaching spirit transformation not behavioral modification that's why i will not come here and tell you oh okay you know that um um the accumulist principles of um character development says that you're you need to apply um, HQ to be able please I don't need all that it, Jesus said the words I speak to you they are what spirit and life that's what transforms that's what changes I don't care how bad the person is the moment you sit under God's word continuously for a period of time you will change because the word is able to change you Jesus told me some time ago he said if I cannot help you nobody can help you even the people you think can help you I put it in their heart to help you so any help you desire has to come from me when you desire people's help you're no longer looking to me you're looking to them so but when you look to me I can send you help from a far country I can send you help from anywhere the silver is mine the gold is mine send you help from anywhere so why would you be wrong to look at people when you can look at me 
spirit is saved then your mind begins to get renewed so a lot of times because we think some kind of things or act in a particular kind of way we disqualify ourselves from heaven because of those actions we say to ourselves that we really do not qualify because we've acted in certain ways but that's not what he wants to uh, he wants us to think about ourselves that's not what he wants he wants us to know the first John says something he said little children I've told you these things that you may know that you have eternal life that you may know that you have it not like you're going to have it no that you have it you have that eternal life it's been given to you by him that's why he came that's why he died so that you can have that life so your spirit is settled someone say I'm going to heaven say it like you mean it I'm going to heaven look at your neighbor ask him are you saved are you sure you're saved you know those days in, in deeper life they usually ask three questions my brother are you born again that's question number one the second one is have you been sanctified who knows the third one come on deeper life people who knows it? have you received the holy ghost those are the three questions those are the yeah thank you that's it <laughs> brother are you born again? Have you known the Lord? Have you been sanctified? Have you received the Holy Ghost? Those three things. So we say that uh, since I've been, I've been born again, I now start to look for sanctification. I will look for it, look for it, look for it. How many of you gave your life to Christ like ten times? calls for altar call today I said I remember ah yesterday I slapped that guy man I come out again and then you give your life again and then you go out so nobody should have saved now nobody should just come my way and then next thing happens then you are waiting for Sunday to come out again one day won't you get tired and like wait hold on what is all this what is all this remember when I first got saved that was the very first time never heard about being saved I was just okay that's how I knew that being saved is a spiritual thing it's a spiritual thing so I got saved and I came out of the church and this is a true life story true life story September 1993 I came out of the church I think it was September 9th 1993 I came out of the church and I stood on the outside I was very young I think it was about 12 or 11 or thereabout and all of a sudden everywhere looked new it's true life story all of a sudden everybody looked brand new the whole place looked clear I was looking around as if 
it's as if I became aware that I'm alive. That was the feeling. And then something happened to me. I couldn't stop crying. I didn't know why I was crying. I just couldn't stop crying. Nobody to explain anything to me. I was attending a Catholic church. I got back home and I took the rosary and I was praying the rosary. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew that something is different about me. But I became calmer. It was later on, I had a deeper life neighbor who invited me to the church where I got saved. Who began to explain to me what has happened to me. I didn't know. Began to explain to me what has happened to me and all that. So I was like, okay, so what do I do now? I said, oh, well, just begin to walk with God. Get closer to God. Study your Bible and pray. So I would pray, study, pray, study. I was just concerned about knowing that new life that I had. Just knowing that new life. And in the process of knowing that new life, my mind began to change. Desires were dropping. I was getting new kind of desires. New. I wanted to get closer. I didn't know about the Holy Ghost. Someone had to teach me. Okay, this is the Holy Spirit. This is all about Him and everything. I would spend hours and hours. I couldn't stop reading the Bible. It was just so interesting. I kept reading and reading and reading. So interesting. I loved the stories. I was just reading everything. And life was coming into me. I didn't know. So in all that process, your mind is renewed. But what God wants at the beginning is that new birth experience. That's the most important thing. That new birth experience. So when that happens to you, you're going to heaven. So all these events happened after. So he broke open the seventh, this first seal. And talked about the entrance of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is the second member of the unholy trinity. It's the second member of the unholy trinity. You know there is, there is the trinity which is God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Alright? So the unholy trinity is the dragon, the antichrist, and the false prophets. In that same order. The dragon, the antichrist, and the false prophets. It talks about that in Revelation 6, um, 1 and 2. 1 and 2. So it talks about a white horse and all kinds of things. That was, that's the first seal. Then the second seal talks about total chaos, war, disorderliness that would happen during that period and then the third seal talks about farming money will fail xyz and things like that and then the fourth seal talks about death death by sword death by farming death by disease death by wild animals and all that so all these things happen will happen after the church has been raptured 
so seven seven years seven years three that's first three and a half years and then a second three and a half years and then we move to chapters 20 to 21 all that all that i've said and the explanation of the of the seals the um uh the seven seals, the seven trumpets, and the seven bowls, and all those things, they have their meanings. But all that happened from um, chapter 6 to 19. Then chapters 20 to 22 talks about judgment and the new life. Judgment and the new life. Now we're talking about the power of Jesus and his glory. The power of Jesus and his glory talks about the reign of Jesus and believers here on earth for a thousand years for a thousand so everything is bringing us to the point where Jesus will be crowned what king is bringing us to the point where he will be crowned king and then we will reign with him when he came and he died on the cross what did they put on his cross King of the Jews. So they ask him, Are you a king? He said, If you are a king, where's your kingdom? He said, My kingdom is not of this world. So God had to devise a plan that would bring him to reign as king. To reign as king. And then during that period, there will be the judgment of Satan and Satan's crew. And then there will be the great white throne judgment of non-believers. Non-believers. Non-believers that do not believe in Jesus. And then talks about the new heaven and the new earth. The new heaven and the new earth. At that time, we will live forever. We will live forever. We'll have a new body. We'll have a new body. There won't be death anymore. There won't be darkness anymore. Why? Because the light of God, the Bible says, would light everywhere. His glory would light everywhere. There won't be need for the sun or the moon. There won't be need for night or day. Because God's glory will fill the whole place. Then Jesus will take his rightful place. And then he will be glorified. And then we can look at him and see him the way he is and know things the way they are. You and I should look forward to that experience. You and I should look forward to heaven. How do you do that? You say, Pastor, how do I look forward to heaven? Do I just stop doing anything and just wait? We're waiting for heaven to come. No. 
You go about the things you're doing. Go about your life. But develop the relationship that you have with Him to a point where you are earthly conscious, but you're heavenly minded. You're relevant here on earth, but you're heavenly minded. You go about the things you're doing, but your consciousness, your goal, is to be like Him. When that becomes your goal, to be like Him, you're heaven bound. If you're not seeking to be any other thing, but be like Him, that becomes your ultimate goal. Then you're okay. Someone, someone sent me a question and said, how do we know the will of God? You cannot know the will of God without knowing God. Don't strive to know the will of God. Don't keep asking yourself, God, tell me your will, tell me your will, tell me your will. No, don't bother. Just say, reveal Jesus to me. Let me know you more. The more I know you, I will know your will. The more I know you, I will know your will. I will know your plan for me. The more I know you, naturally, I will know not to do right, not to do wrong, and to do right. By the way, what makes you think that the things you think are right are actually right? What makes you think that the things you think are wrong are actually wrong? What makes something right or wrong? from what is obvious what makes it right or wrong apart from what is obvious please come both of you assuming I am God okay please stand here so both of them are standing here and I am God one here one here good so this is God the eyes of God and I say to him I would like you to hop on one leg from here to there. That's my instruction to you, right? I'd like you to just bounce from here to there. That's the instruction I've given to both of them, right? Now, swap the instructions. Okay? You do the opposite. You do the opposite. Right. So, Right, I've given the instructions and I'm gone. Go ahead. Okay. Now, both of them have carried out the instruction. Right? Now, I am God. Right? Why is... Why are they wrong? Is it because of what they did? Or they violated my instruction? What makes them wrong? They violated my instruction. When God looks at you and he wants to determine what you did right, apart from what's obvious, there's some things that are obvious, he looks most of the time about what he asks you to do versus what you did. What he asks you to do versus what you did. So many a times, we judge ourselves based on the obvious 
I've never slapped anybody in my life. Hmm? I've never, as you see me, so as I did like this, that's why I did. I've never slapped anybody in my life. And I know that God is at peace with me. But he told you to hop and you ran. You didn't see anything wrong with it. But he saw something wrong with it. So you are judging yourself based on your limited understanding of what's right and what's wrong. Not on his understanding. So because of that, when both of them come for confession, now I'm the Reverend Father. Alright, come and confess the sins that you have done. Come. What is that? Father, forgive me. I still know this. Father, forgive me. I've sinned. I've forgotten what the priest is to say. But no problem. Espiritos, Santos. No problem. Confess yourself. You asked me to bounce. And I hoped. That's the one that he knows. Now, let's assume that I am the father and I said but son why you are hoping you put one hand in your pocket he didn't confess that but I had a problem with it so he's confessing based on what he knows no already you know I have forgiven him as God but he did not know that the one he did not know also forgiven him so when you come before him you come to him based on what you know that you did wrong and because of that after you have confessed you now feel that you are good but the moment I remind him that there was something you did not know that was wrong but I knew it was wrong he now has what a consciousness of sin tells us that when Jesus came in Hebrews he said he came so that we will be delivered from the consciousness of sin he says the law was our schoolmaster we did not know what sin was until the law came and reminded us that we did something wrong before then we did not know we had done something wrong so the law reminded us so that reminder is the consciousness of our wrong and the Bible tells us that he came so that when we receive him we will not have the consciousness of sin so we are not living day to day to say God forgive me for meat I stole okay I stole two and a half meat no I remember there's one tiny one let's say two, two and three quarter no that's not what he came to do so that once we receive him he said to be like him so all our goal and desire and ambition and strive is not so that I will not sin no it's so that I can be like him that's why you see someone who is struggling with an addiction and is smoking and you tell the person as you take one puff I'm a child of God the breath of God is in me the desire leaves you when the clouds are full of rain they empty themselves the reason most people have desires that they cannot break away from is because they are not full of God's word when it's full naturally it will drop the desires will go away naturally because you have a new life in him a new life a pastor came to me one time and said to me 
thank you, sir. Came to me and said, I have, I have someone in my church and he's struggling with gambling. He gambles a lot. He said, I've done so much. I've done this. I've done that. I've done that. I said, really? He said, yes. I said, okay. Um, I don't know what to do again. I've seized the salary. I've seized this. I said, <laughs> I said, no problem. I said, if I'm the one, I'll call him. Sit him down. I said, how much is your salary? 10,000. It's okay. Bring it. Uh, where do you go to do bet Niger? Okay. Um, take take one k. Go. Go and do bet Niger. He said, Pastor Joe, I said, whether you give him or you don't give him, he will find a way to go and bet. So give him. Pray with him. May the Lord go with you. No. May the Lord go with you. We got no. God will go with him. But as he's gambling, the kind of transformation that sustains is the one that happens inside. You can't change people from outside. But when the Spirit of God changes a person, the person is changed forever. Forever. So most of the time, we don't allow God to change us from inside. We try to do born again. You can't do it. You have to be it. So let him go and gamble. He gets there and as he's gambling, you are in your office. He will come back and say, Pastor, I don't feel like that is transformation. That's spirit transformation. You don't need any man to touch you. No, that's spirit transformation. So when the word of God is being taught like this, people, some people have been saved by just sitting there. They didn't know that they are saved. They did not come from one altar call. Just by hearing the word, been changed and transformed they didn't know because nobody's teaching them that you can be changed like that they have to wait to come forward pastor to lay hands on them before they know some drama to happen before they know that they are saved no it doesn't always work like that the whole essence is jesus the first the last the beginning the end everything talks about him breathes him in so to know him and to like him that should be your end goal things that you struggle with will drop on their own well you don't you, to drop on their own stand to your feet they will drop on their own Everything revolves around him. Everything revolves around him. Everything. Revelations 22. Verse 1 says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. The trees, the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their forehead. His name will be on their foreheads. His goal 
not for you to find out how you will make heaven. His goal is for you to be like him. To be like him. If that becomes your primary objective, there's no question about it. Heaven becomes your home. You can't be like him and not be where he is. Heaven becomes your goal. Heaven becomes your goal. And he says, he who testifies of these things says, surely I'm coming soon. Revelation 22 and 20. I'm coming soon. I'm coming soon. He's coming for you. But he wants you to be like him. To start the process of being like him. Seeing him. Embracing him. Embracing his reality. Embracing all that he represents. Lift your hands to him. Say, Lord, I want to be like you. I want to be like you. your frailty he knows he knows he knows and from the letters to the seven churches to everything they did right he said but I have something against you he knows your frailty I want to be like you Lord the preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International for information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.